Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Yes, 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 and welcome back to the Fresh Arsenal podcast. We're here after a very good result against Manchester United. We've got, unfortunately, a bit of a break already, four games into the season, which no one enjoys. So hopefully, with some extra content, you can um, continue to enjoy that win. And that we're going to evaluate a little bit of the season so far as well. So once again, joined by Pat. Pat, four games in, international break. How are you feeling in general? About the club. I don't, I'm not interested. Otherwise. <laughs> not interested, I was about to say. I'm a bit warm today. Um, I'm feeling okay. I always uh, I always thought we'd start quite slow. Um, and I've always kind of been of the... The first four to six game weeks, I always thought like results are all that matter. And if there's a few performances on the table that aren't that great, but we get the results that's fine like that's why I wasn't really worried about the Forest game um or the Palace game Fulham was quite annoying um and yeah just feeling feeling like hopefully that that slow start means that we'll get to a to a better point later down the season yeah yeah I mean we got 10 points from 12 games probably dropped the points in the easiest fixture of those games and um obviously haven't been two one up against an extra man it's hard to forget that um especially when we we missed out on the title last season on such small margins you, it's going to be I, I don't think we'll forget that game for the entire season really um but in general you know quite a positive start i would say we've had three home games to the one away game i know we were very strong away from home last season but um most teams have, have obviously done two and two so far. Not sure why we're three and one, but um, we do have obviously we've got Tottenham at home as well as our next sort of big game, and then Man City at home. So we've we've got some quite favourable runs with home games. I think it was quite similar last season, wasn't it? And then obviously we had the Etihad, and although our first loss was on Trafford last year, I must say as well last season. Both times in the three games before City, home and away, we slipped up, if you remember. Mm-hmm. So I think it was Brentford Everton at home. away, Brentford yeah. at home, and then City at home. We lost, drew, lost. And then City away was Liverpool away, West Ham away, Southampton at home, then City away. So I am very, very much looking at whether or not they keep that, because I, I really think they kept they they took their eyes off the ball there to some extent. They just thought, okay, we've gone and won at Spurs, we've gone and won here. Like let's next big game is the Etihad, um, mm. or ne- next big game is City at home. And I really think we we took those other games for granted, especially like Everton away felt like a very banana slippy game, didn't it? Yeah, we'll look ahead to the fixtures um, a bit later. But it's very much two games a week. 
which may or may not help. You know, sometimes <clears throat> last season when you've got those those bigger gaps between games, the anticipation of those bigger games can feel bigger, whereas this time we've kind of got um, Champions League games. Well, since we last spoke, the groups have been drawn. Yeah. And we probably drew the easiest group imaginable, yeah, well, let, really. Let's start there then. I mean, you know, it's a bit Europa League. It would be a very hard <laughs> Europa League group, considering some of the teams in Europa League that you tend to get. But um, yeah, we did pretty well out that draw, didn't we? Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially if you consider how some of these teams are started. I think Sevilla have lost all three of their opening games. Um PSV obviously lost their best player um, over the summer. Um, has he gone to Leipzig now? PSV bought him and then brought him back, loaned him to Leipzig. PSV. Uh, PSG. Um, Why are we talking about PSG? Because they bought... Who was PSV's best player last season? Oh, again? Chubby, you really like him? Chubby Simmons. Chubby Simmons. Sorry, I completely yeah. forgot his name. Uh, I thought you were going to help me out there. Um, <laughs> they, so he's been, he got bought by PSG. He's gone to Leipzig. He's doing quite well there. So they, they've lost their best player. Mm. Um, probably won't be as strong this season. And then Lons are kind of, I don't want to say just happy to be there because that's going to bite me in the ass, but it feels like a bit of a gimme. Well, you uh, talk about games before City is Lons away. Um, before we host City in in October, so yeah, but you again, know, not yet to win a game this season as well. So yeah, we, um, I mean, any you'd game us to go there and do do the business. You would, but of course, any game in the Premier League and Champions League, even even with that group, especially away from home, you know, that's going to be Arsenal so big in France. That's going to be a, a big fixture for them to be welcoming Arsenal. Um, I don't know how often they're in the Champions League. I know we've played them a couple of times in our history in that competition, but they're not normally towards the top end of the table, are they? Did no, they no. have, um, was it Appenda who played for them? He's now at Leipzig yes, as well. He's gone. And did Fafana go to Saudi Arabia? Am I right in saying that? There were links, weren't there? I'm Fafana, sure. they sent a midfielder and, and captain. Um I yeah. think he went to Saudi. I'm not sure. He was he went quite early. Um Seiko Fafana. Yeah, he plays for Al Nasser now. Um he was Lens captain and I think player of the year last year, or at least one of their best players. Um but yeah, went to Al Nasser for twenty five million euros apparently and probably making a lot of money out there. Most likely. I mean the the schedule of fixtures is fairly kind as well for people who maybe not not looked into that because that came out the day after we open it with PSV at home and that falls between Everton away which is our first first game back after the break which shouldn't be hard but traditionally we always lose there um, <laughs> and then on the other side of it is Tottenham at home which you know we won't uh, talk about it too much but they've had a good start so two big Premier League games we're not having to travel we should be should be making fairly light work of PSV you'd think um, and then we have two away games, Lons and Seville, which I think is quite good. I like to sort of have three games left with two of them being at home. So I'd rather that than, than have the away trip. So, mm -hmm. yeah, if you can get through those first three games with two wins and a draw, maybe draw away at Seville. I mean, obviously you want to win them all, but you'd be in a very strong position going into those final three. 
um, when Sevilla away is probably the hardest. And we would have just had another international break, believe it or not. We come back with Chelsea on Saturday and then Seville on Tuesday and then Sheffield United at home. So again, mm. reasonably kind. Um, before Seville at home, we've got Newcastle away. So that'll be a tough week. Um, but then we follow up with Burnley at home. So nothing too punishing at this stage of the season. And I guess... Is there an international break as well? Yeah, yeah. So, so there's a break... Um just before the Chelsea game. So between Chelsea and Man City, we have a break. Mm. I mean, the other aspect of this is our our last conversation was just before the deadline and and we hoped that um, something would happen. Uh, things did happen in terms of players leaving. You know, the likes of Rob Holding still left, Nunes Vara's left, Tierney had, had gone already. What's your thoughts on our squad situation obviously because when you look at that fixture list that I'm going through it is two games a week mm. till January you know there's there's not a World Cup break like last year so we're two games a week all the way through to January really um, and then we've got some things to consider in January as well with Thomas Partey and Tommy Asu likely to be playing for their countries at the AFCON and Asian Cup um, which if we were considering them defensive options stretches it even more and we've had news of the party injury since we last spoke so mm. how are you feeling about particularly those defensive areas I know you're an advocate of more defensive players way. anyway put it this way Ollie I thought we were sure when Timber was fit so <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I I feel even worse now I mean I can't I think I saw um I thought, was it uh, James Benj post today saying that he'd heard murmurs that he could see Arteta playing Cedric at some point this season, but Pepe, for example, he'd rather play a academy player instead of. And now I can't think in any world why Raw Walters would be any worse than playing Cedric in like yeah. a League Cup or a Champions League. Like let's, you know, we should be winning this group by by match day five really and i don't say that just because i think we should win every game but i think the teams that are in our champions league group will probably take off a lot of points off each other like lawns psv and sevilla are all kind of similarish levels like the reason why people are calling them a europa league group and you said it's a hard europa league group is because they all are that kind of caliber i do think they'll take points off each other and so we should be winning that group fairly early that being said, you're you're right now. You're in a position where a Tommy Asu injury means it's basically five defenders for four spots until January, mm. uh, or a Zinchenko injury. Um, yeah, Saliba's back goes again, and I I'm really uncomfortable by it. I I really do hope he tries to bring through a Walters or or someone else in the League Cup and 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 gives them minutes. I know we have a really big squad, but I do think something like that would be really useful. Um, to have in the back pocket going down yeah. the line. I mean, in terms of senior players, I, on the newsletter last week, I had a, I did a bit of a sort of squad uh, depth um, discussion and chart, if you like. And yeah, I mean, in defence, if we take it as our back four is going to predominantly be what we saw against United, which was White, Saliba, Gabriel Zinchenko, your backup four in terms of senior players 
you're already having to play two people twice in that white is your backup for Saliba. Tommy Asu's your backup right back and your backup left back. And if he's not your backup left back, Kivior is your backup to Gabriel and your backup left back. So it's very thin on the ground. As you say, it's sort of five, yeah, well, five, six, six players really. And of that, we know Tommy Asu has consistently had injury problems. We know Zinchenko's consistently had injury problems. Partey was maybe an outside option there. He's consistently had injury problems and has since had an injury. So, you know, even in my chart, which I tried to look at sort of third options, Walters was already a third option in a, in a few positions um, before any injury. So I think what's really important is, you know, we haven't loaned him out and we sold Rob Holding still. And I like that. I like that move because it's it's showing him that there is a route there. There is potentially going to be an opportunity there. If they really, if Arteta really felt like he wasn't going to use him at all, he would have loaned him, I'm sure. Um, or he would have kept holding for those minutes. So He is really young, though, isn't he? I think he's about 19 now. I don't think he's as young as, like, the Noanieri and... Oh, really? Yeah, oh, 19 in December. Wait, are we talking about Raw Waters here? Yeah. Yeah, okay. 19 in December. So, But there's been a lot coming out from the club in the last 12, 18 months about how highly rated he was. He appeared a little bit in pre-season against Nuremberg and I thought um, he looked physically very big for an 18-year-old. <laughs> he um, looked like he'd really filled out from when we'd seen him previously. It's a shame we didn't take him on the on the US tour if, you know, if the plan was always to sell holding, which clearly it was considering the small amount we accepted, what was really the value in taking holding on that tour over over someone like Walters, because as good as he may be, he does need some first-team exposure. Um, it's, I guess, just when he gets those opportunities, Pat, because unfortunately we've got quite a difficult League Cup draw again. Um, yeah, it's not easy, is it? Brentford away in the third round when we could have got some very, very small clubs. Um, you know, hopefully we won't need Walters before that, but there's not really too many opportunities where you can see, particularly Arteta, giving him uh, minutes. With the way the Champions League group may work, it could be that I think our final game is PSV away. Before that, lands at home. So we've somehow managed to qualify after four games. Maybe you could get him involved then. Or do you get him off the bench in, in certain Premier League games to give him a bit of time? It, you know, it feels like he needs exposure before we get two defensive injuries and suddenly you might even have to start games. Hmm. There's there's also Linus Souza, who's, who's highly rated, isn't he? I mean, we bought him from West Brom. Mm. So you don't usually buy a a 16-year-old if you don't envision him one day getting some minutes or you're you're going to flip him or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was for a nothing fee as well. Um, and he's looked really good every time I've seen him. Similar age, turns 19 in January. Yeah. So those are the two maybe you could think about from the from the, the younger team, uh, the youth teams. I, I think that there's only two ways this is going to happen, right? He's either going to get blooded. They're either going to get blooded in cup games or when there's dead rubbers in the Champions League, for example. Um, 
or it's going to be an emergency. And I hope it's not the the emergency route. I do find it funny. I mean, like a lot of Arsenal fans being like, oh, you know, we don't need uh, more defenders because Deck and Rice can play at the back. Like, why would we play? We, we literally bought this guy for £105 million and you want to play him at centre-back. Like, mm. like, come on. And that's, yeah. I, th- I think it's the same thing with Party, right? Which is like, it was probably our, one of our best players last season in central midfield and we want to play him at right-back. It's like, let's... You know, stop well, thinking about these guys. It may be as def- like emergency defensive options, but yeah. I don't know. It just well, seems in game changes. Yeah, I think yeah, um, exactly. I think, and the difficulty is multifunctional players are great, but you can't do that for everyone. Like we're saying, White right. is our right back and backup centre back. Kivio's our backup left back and centre back. Tommy Asi's backup for all three. Rice is now a backup centre back. Part is a right back. You know when you actually realise that a couple of injuries and then you're going to have kids on the bench and you don't want to not use them but just because they're kids, like we still need to make use of the five subs and have players ready on the bench. Um, so I hope, I hope, as you say, they're not thrown in at the deep end when they're having to start at, I don't know, like Chelsea away because over the international break, two people have got injured. And they've not played a minute before it. I think there's an opportunity with someone like Walters, especially, who's for the youth team done a little bit at right back, both sides of the centre of defence as well, to sort of blood him in in games. If we can get a bit of a comfortable lead, could he come on at right back in, in White's role and just adjust to things a little bit there, get a feel for his teammates? I think it's important we do that um, so that we can get the best out of them. And you know, I really hope that it ends up that we, we uncover another really good player from Helen because we've seen once again this window players moving from our academy for good money um, and other players obviously excelling in the team as well. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, but we're going to have to get a bit lucky and we'll have only ourselves to blame if those injuries happen again and we are short. So, um yeah, I mean, in midfield as well, Pat, we've got, obviously with the party injury, quite lucky, really. Well, not lucky, I guess that's why they planned it. But we kept hold of Jorginho and there was a lot of talk that he could maybe go as well because obviously we've got El Nene who could have acted as that sort of emergency third option. But it feels a little bit safer now, doesn't it, that Rice really thrived in that deep role against United and, and we've still got someone of Jorginho's experience there. Yeah, I mean, I think Jorginho has been really good every time he's played. I, I can't really think of a game where he wasn't good. Maybe Everton at home. I think if you think about the games that he's played, you know, Newcastle away, Chelsea at home, City at home, very shortly after he, he joined the club. He was pretty commendable in all those games. And some of them he was really, really good. Like Newcastle away, I thought he was probably our best player. Villa away, he was one of our best players. Chelsea at home, I think he was probably our best player as well. Um, he's been really good whenever he's gotten minutes. And this season when he's come on, he's looked really good as well. Like Palace away, I thought he was excellent when he came on in that cameo. I thought he looked really good when he came on at United as well. Just the, the kind of calm and assurance he gives you. Um, it's it's a lot, <laughs> lot better having a, a Euros Champions League winner on the bench than it is Mohamed El Nenny with all you respect him so yeah I'm, I'm feeling okay with that position really. mm. 
yeah, it's probably even with parties into a yard. Almost depth and experience because even if El- even if you need El Nene for ten minutes off the bench in one game, that's better than what you've got maybe at fullback um, with that that lack of lack of depth. Unless we're going to use Cedric as the the defensive El Nene. I mean, no talk at all on Cedric that I can see. Obviously, we were hoping with the Saudi window still open, and I think is it the Turkish window still open to tomorrow as well. Yeah, I mean. But, um, it doesn't look like he's badgering his agent to go, is it? How long is his contract? <laughs> Please tell me it's anyone. It's next year. Yeah, yeah. it's next year. It's gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's he's on good money. Like he's the last remaining. Raúl Sanlelli. I think he's just comfortable in London. As much as it's the money, I just sense that he enjoys going to training every day and. That- environment and like maybe Arsenal tried to make that a little bit less comfortable because he was part of the group training by themselves wasn't he that everyone else or yeah. he, and, he and Pepe I wonder if they're still training by themselves somewhere well I mean th- those two windows are still open I mean especially for Pepe he's been mostly linked to Saudi and Turkey right so it would make sense that he's out of the group until that's over because I think the, the people are really over getting worked up about this out of the group thing like if you're a if you're a player and you're you know and, and you get injured in training two days before a transfer that's not good two if you have to go do a last minute medical but you're in training with the first team and you're like you're part of like a tactical session and they needed your body there and you have to leave or whatever they don't have anyone to bring in there that could be quite awkward. So I, I do think it's just it, it's just a bit of a formality, really. Like, I'm sure if they're back and they don't get through those two windows and they're still Arsenal players, I'm sure they'll probably be doing summer light training with the first team. I'm not sure, but mm. it, it just seems very logical to me until then. I mean, looking at... 2024 contract expiries it's quite nice for us there's no one there that um we need to worry about at the moment i know in recent years we've had transfer situations to sort out sometimes right up to the wire like Balogun and enketia which we managed to solve but they they did go even nelson this year went to when his contract expired so next summer it is cedric who's likely to still go pepe who's likely to still go el nene who I think will let naturally go at that point. Um, Jorginho, although there's a note here that says he does have an option for a further year. Yeah. Um, which I think will be interesting. I think if he's willing to do that, we may look to shift party next year. And um, maybe Jorginho sticks around as sort of the third choice on any type, type player as well, if he continues to, to be helpful. And obviously Raya, but, likely that we make that um, permanent so that won't be an issue unless he breaks a leg yeah 2025 though Martin Odegaard yeah he's the next one up him and Ben White for contracts I don't think that'd be an issue but yeah but we're, we're pretty safe if you think in the next two years it's only Odegaard there Partey's two years and I think we either sell him before then or he will go at that point um because he'd be what thirty, turning thirty-three that summer. 
um, Tommy Yasu, but he's got an option for an extra year. So it's only really Erdegaard. Everyone else is at least three years away. So yeah, we've done some really good work. I mean, that that's another notable thing, isn't it, from this summer that we we secured some massive contracts in, in Saliba, Saka, and um, some other key players as well, obviously Ramsdale, who maybe we'll talk about in a minute. But yeah, we're not... Um, it feels like a long time since we didn't have someone's contract in the back of our mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was quite a stressful time having Saka Martinelli and Sleeper all on the go at the same time. I don't really ever want to be in that position again. No, and I think the club have, have set up a bit of a structure to ensure that um, that, that hopefully won't happen. I mean, let's jump into Ramsdale. So I know we've had some discussion off the podcast. Um it started, I think it was a press piece yesterday, probably just because it was slow news and it was an easy thing to write. That um, Raya has been impressing in training and may come in. And we've heard some rumours and murmurs that that's under consideration as well. I know um, everyone loves Ramsdale, but as soon as Raya was signed, there was a, a feeling that this may happen at some point. I mean, how are you feeling? Do you think... Arteta may make a change after this break. Use this break as that opportunity. Do you think he should? What's your What's your views? I don't think he can after the breaks. They're both away. So, what I mean by that is like if one of them was still here and training every day with the team, mm. like if Raya was just like unbelievable while Ramsdale was away at international break, and he comes back, and you're like listen, we're going to give him, let's say, the, the PSV at home game, right? Um, the, other, the other hand is, like, I, I don't know how good an investment it is to pay 30 million for him if we don't at least see him for more than just the League Cup games, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he needs some semblance of... I'm just talking logically here, right? You need We need to give him some minutes to kind of make that decision for us. Um, and I don't know whether that comes in the Cups, the Champions League group stage. I, I'm not really 100% sure. I, I think it's a weird situation the whole, the whole way through, right? I think we've paid quite a lot of money for a player that... You know, even even his like staunchest advocates would probably admit he's only a little bit better than Ramsdale. And people who aren't that high on him think he's about the same or maybe a bit inferior. Um, and he's also kind of the the coaching the goalkeeping coach's teacher's pet. He's also Spanish. It just it's a really weird situation. Um, on the other hand, you know. Chelsea have kind of invested 35 million quid on goalkeepers. Forest have almost got two number ones. They've got Turner and um uh who is it the Benfica goalkeeper that they yeah. bought? Odysseys um, or something. Odysseys, yeah, who's you know, he's starting in the Champions League a couple of seasons ago, right? So he's not exactly a scrub. Mm-hmm. Um is it Palace who've got Johnston and Dean Henderson now? Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, it seem, it does seem to be more of a thing, doesn't it? Obviously, maybe Brighton. it's a trend, right? Yeah. 
Brighton brought in that youngster when yeah. um, Steele's been doing really well. I think what's going to be super interesting is when Raya does play, whether that's, I think at worst, we're going to see him in the PSV at home game. And I think there's a, there's a chance he plays against Everton. But I think considering we've got that Champions League game, I think he'll give Ramsdale Everton and then he'll give Raya the first Champions League game. Um, and maybe depending on how those games go for both of them, they, there could be a change in, in hierarchy on the back of that. But what's going to be really interesting is when we see Raya play, how he plays the goalkeeper role. Sounds very odd. But, you know, Ramsdale goes long quite a lot, which we presume is by design. And I'm sure some of it is. But you know what I mean? It's going to be interesting to see if suddenly the way we play out is different with a different goalkeeper. And I think if if it is, then we start to see that maybe by design, Arteta wants a, a slightly different style of goalkeeper, and that's why he's made this move. Because um, ultimately, I, I, I'm tempted to think that will be the case. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think Ramsdale has that bit of... Because we don't go short. I, I've seen stats on it. We don't really play out from the keeper a lot at all. No. I mean, the thing is, it's not really Raya's superpower either. He's better at long-range passing. <laughs> so yeah, I, like I think the stats so... show that because of the Tony stuff. But I, I think from what you from what you read in here, he's, he's a very... He's more of an outfield player than Ramsdale is anyway. He, he's he's more comfortable playing as sort of a, a middle centre-back in build-up situations. Because what we've got to remember as well, Pat, is, is for Brentford, he wasn't really being asked to do that. He was being asked to kick it long to Tony. So his stats will say... Yeah, it's true. There's that, that, that kind of in, inverse inflation, right? Exactly. And and we've got his former goalkeeping coach. So I expect he, he's well aware of his technical ability if we want to play a certain way. So I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see. There's there's one thing that's been going around really recently, this kind of comp of Ramsdale's passing in his like first season or even last season. Mm. And I mean, obviously it looks great, right? We all know Ramsdale is, is good on the ball, even though he maybe hasn't been this season so far. What really struck me in some of those comps is like the lack of pressure he's on. And now I think that we are a team that is like we're a team that have a target on our backs like everyone watches us play because we're always on tv the scouting videos are quite easy we don't really have that many different ways of playing and i think this year we've been pressed a lot higher um against you know united we really they they really pushed up quite high and pressed us when i was like re-watching it um you know, Palace as well, like they were, they were kind of right up us a lot of the time as well. So I'm quite curious to see how, you know, if Raya does get the shirt, which he, he, he may well do, how he would do with kind of more of a, more of a press on him. Because like, there are some keepers, right? Like Edison and, and Onana, where no matter how much you press them, you're just never gonna, you're never gonna get the ball, right? Because they are that good on the ball. I don't think Raya's quite there. And so that's the one thing I'm kind of watching out for to see. 
because mm. I do think that's probably been one of the reasons that Ramsdale's gone a bit, gone long a bit more. Um, but maybe exactly that, as as we know, rise long pass is very good. So that ability yeah. to draw teams in or punish them if they if they do come short, having that technical flexibility from your keeper. Because yeah, I've I seen the same compilation you're talking about. Ramsdale's capable of of being very decent at playing out from the back. He was a marked improvement on Leno on that front, and definitely on on Petacek, but. You still, you still sometimes see with his. Um, I just flashed across my head the uh, that time where Czech like passed it nearly into his oh own goal. Oh my god! <laughs> um, you still sometimes see Ramsdale do the odd pass that you think that is pretty terrible, like from a technical footballer point of view. Um, so yeah, I don't know. As you say, it's a new environment for Raya. We don't quite know how good he is at that yet, but. I just he's think with the really football, good. He's really good. The other the other thing that I'm curious to see as well, he's really good at like the kind of lofted pass out to the um fullback. Yeah, which we do a lot. And we... that's the kind of pass I was just thinking of that Ramsdale sometimes just shanks wrong. Mm. Um, but on the other hand, we only really play with one fullback. Yeah. <laughs> so I do I'm very so like the United game, one of the things I wanted to talk about was um we were pretty bad on the ball all way all round but i think particularly from the back like i thought it was one of saliba's worst on the ball games uh that pod with ben white like when ramsdale moved into the right hand side with white and saliba that's where it looked really janky for some reason like when he was on the left with zinchenko and gabriel it was completely fine um but there was a few times where you know one of them would get the ball pass to the other there was, there was that moment in the first half, I think, where Declan Rice kind of comes and drops in and kind of bails us out and, and plays it to Sinchenko, which was really nice. But I do think there's just something not quite right about the way we're, we're playing out from that side, even though they're used to playing together, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, used to playing together, but haven't for a long time now, because yeah. you've got yeah, to bear yeah. in mind Saliba's injury as well at the end of last season. So... As much as that is our usual defence, they haven't actually played a lot this calendar year together. So, yeah, and it's their first game this season. So, you know, hopefully some of that will come. But I, I agree. There was, you know, obviously Havertz is one got got punished with a goal, but Saliba, um, I think was it for the Garnacho offside at the end, gave it away, yeah. or was it Rice for that one? I think it was yeah. maybe even Jesus. Yeah, it's Jesus. In the middle for that and one. then Saliba gives the ball away. Yeah, but I think Saliba, Rice, Erdegaard all had some sloppy moments, which you don't want to give away counter-attacking chances against United. But yeah, it felt a bit like we were very aware of that and it almost made us do more of those errors mm. um, because of that. I mean, when that Garnaccio goal went in, I was ready to, to go crazy because I felt like we for the 10 minutes before that had really been quite cautious and slow. And I was wondering if the players were quite happy with the point and, you know, they've come out afterwards and said, we knew we needed to win, but they looked shattered, didn't they? Yeah. The body language was just like, yeah, they were happy for the time to drift by. It didn't feel like, you know, last season when we were going for the title, we were really pegging them back, 
needing to get the ball back in. We knew we needed to win the game, we needed to win the game. It didn't feel like that level of urgency. And I feel like we've done that a few times in games this season. Sort of, you know, in the Palace game, yes, we managed to defend in the end, but we did sort of sit off maybe a bit too much against Fulham. We sort of felt like the game was over and t- switched off from the corner, suddenly lost two points. And there was a bit of that, that if not for a bit of Gabrielle moonwalking and some very... um very tight call we lose the game and then we're we're talking a lot about that so as much as Saturday was brilliant and I think we deserve to win um, for sure we've got to be really mindful of these things I slightly worry about our yeah our mental state maybe in certain game situations because this worked out perfectly for us in that we scored so late that they couldn't really respond but had we had we scored earlier, like a bit like the Fulham game, even when we had the extra man and we sat back and the Palace game where we really sat back, I think we've got a there's still work to do on how we play when we're ahead in games for sure. So that's um something to focus on after the break. Anything else, Pet, you want to say? Because we've got a we've got to run on this one. No, nothing from me. I think um these results are good, need the performances to get better. Yeah. Yeah, all agreement there. Well, we'll see when we can get the next one out to you. No Arsenal game until next Sunday. And then we'll, they'll be coming thick and fast. So we'll have a look at how we schedule things with two games a week. But nice to be back in the Champions League. Give us more to talk about. Thank you very much for joining us. Please subscribe if you haven't already. And we'll see you very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.